Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is, too. But disclaimer, this is a comedy fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast, though, so if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, Yoongi in the studio is the best fucking thing. Yes. Or we got floor tickets to BTS in Chicago. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Then you're in the right place. Um, So we're going to talk about that in a a second. But just to let you guys know today we are talking about the save me webtoon chapters seven through nine and if you haven't listened to our first two episodes in this little save me series go listen to those first but before we get into it we have to thank you wonderful amazing armies for being here and for supporting us if you're a fan of this show and you want to show your support for us you can do that by telling people about the podcast and by writing a review on itunes or apple podcasts or really whatever platform you listen on and then if you want to go above and beyond and show us some extra support you can do that by donating monthly to our patreon at patreon.com standingbts or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standingbtspodcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes. And any type of support is super appreciated. Yes, guys. And we're glad that you all are here listening. Yes, thank you guys so much for being here and for supporting us. Okay, So before we even get into how we got these tickets, we have to talk about BTS news um, because something very exciting is happening. We finally know when Comeback is going to take place. Yes, we we do. We had speculated for a while Mm -hmm. that we were thinking they were going to come back either in May or around that time with their new album. They've been talking about it. They've been hinting at it. And now it's finally here we are going to get it april 12th 
which is special. But the album, it's supposed to be titled Map of the Soul, colon, Persona. So I feel like, obviously, the colon persona kind of makes us think this is going to be another little series with multiple yeah. installments underneath the umbrella of map of the soul, which, mm-hmm. um, I just want to talk a little bit. I need, I guess I need to gloat. Um, you do need to gloat <laughs> <laughs> because I just want to talk about the date of April 12th. Now, Earlier um, today, today's Monday, and like on Sunday, um, some sources were leaking in K-Media that BTS was going to come back sometime in April. Mid-April. When Mm -hmm. people originally were saying that it was going to be in May, but now it was being leaked that they were going to come back in mid-April. And I was like, oh shit. So (laughs) So then today, of course, it's confirmed by Big Hit on their Twitter um, that BTS is coming back on April 12th. And I just want to say, did I not say in the first episode (laughs) of this series, of the Save Me series, that like this whole day, the important day in the webtoon is April 11th. April 11th. And like in yeah. this B- BTS universe, it's April 11th. Mm-hmm. Would it not be perfect for them to end this webtoon series? The last episode, episode 15, comes out on the 11th and then come yeah. back April 12th. Of co- I, yeah. was, I swear I said that. <laughs> I mean. You did. You did. And What's just so fortunate about this whole thing, like it's just such perfect timing, is that we're doing this Save Me series Mm -hmm. and we were going in to record today and we hear news that they've officially announced that they are, you know, April 12th is when they're releasing their new album. And Kayla, you were like, I called it. (laughs) I knew it. Like just anyways, in the doc, I put Kayla, go ahead and gloat because (laughs) you did. Thank you. you. Um, but yeah, so this is like going to be a totally new series, uh, I think a new concept, new music, and it's just very exciting for us because we really came in during the love yourself concept. Uh, we had kind of been a part of the wings. That's when we were getting into them, but not when tail end. Yeah. Tail end. Yeah. Uh, so our first comeback was love yourself, her, but we haven't really ex- been like fully submerged in BTS to experience a full-on new concept because right. we didn't even really know that they had these different concepts. Right. I think that like the transition from Wings to Her mm-hmm. wasn't like that big of a deal to us because we didn't know the history of BTS yet mm-hmm. and kind of like how they had these different eras that kind of all conceptualize in it with like similar themes and like storylines we didn't know we about any of that Mm -hmm. so like it wasn't that big of a deal but now to have gone through the entire love yourself three albums and like this amazing expansive era i mean it's just really exciting new concept new music It's brand new for us. It's like rare nowadays after being an army so long that like we get a brand new army (sighs) experience. Just a new era, new. I'm excited to just see their outfits and how that's all going to look. What's their style going to be? I just, I'm so excited. Concept photos. Goodness. Ah, Okay. I, can I, can I say (laughs) what kind of, I'm, what I'm hoping for? 
I'm hoping for music that's like really experimental, Mm -hmm. like that just pushes boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think about like this one tweet that I happened to see scrolling on Twitter, but somebody was like, you know, this is the most experimental music that pushes the boundaries. And it's lyrically so deep that I've ever heard. And I grew up in the seventies and this is just like where BTS is going. I can just see them going more so that way. And I was like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like, I love this idea. And oh, I'm hoping that, that they do. I'm really hoping too. that they do. I know I bring up the Beatles all the time, but talk about, <laughs> you know, they were this boy group who broke away from just cookie cutter, um, lovey-dovey songs. And then they, I mean, they came out with, I just, from Sgt. Pepper's on, on, like even Rubber Soul was kind of pushing Mm -hmm. the envelope. Um, But yeah, yeah, I really hope that is what is to come from them. Um, But yeah, I'm very excited. I cannot tell you how excited I am. I'm also even more excited because we got, BTS tickets for May, and so there is the chance that they will be performing new music. I mean, (gasps) of course they'll be performing new music. Come on. (sighs) Okay. Hmm. I guess, should we touch on that one more thing about uh, Map of the Soul, is that Map of the Soul is a reference to a book of teachings by Carl Jung, who is a world-known psychologist, Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you know you probably yeah. have a lot more to well, say. Well, when you than said Carl Jung, because you had you had read more into like the book and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but you were like, yeah, it's by Carl Jung, and I was like, oh my gosh, that name totally, uh, totally heard that name before, and I was like, oh yeah, persona, that's such a psych word. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just a psychologist, uh, really his groundbreaking psychology, uh, a lot of the foundation of psychology too. So. Um, I have never read that book. I think it would be interesting to read it, uh, and kind of see where Namjoon is getting a lot of his inspiration. I'm just assuming this is Namjoon, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, I think like at the very least, I want to say that somebody like said a while back that Namjoon suggested reading Map of the Soul Mm -hmm. and that could have been, he was actually reading it. It also could have been like that it's a hint to the next era mm-hmm. or both. Yeah. Um, but there's like a lot of philosophical themes that go along with this book and like kind of like the the teachings and ideas of Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's dense and we're definitely not getting into it right no. now. But um, it's going to be interesting to see like how much that really affects the kind of the themes of the album and of the concept. Yeah, yeah. It's just so yeah. intriguing. I love it. It's yeah. just so much depth. Super excited. Like people so need to appreciate the depth of BTS. Wow. Okay. Okay. So for our content of the week, we've decided to just skip talking about what we've really focused on this week and just explain and discuss how we got BTS tickets, floor tickets. Yeah. I, <laughs> and we had we had almost accepted that we were not going to get floor tickets this time and we have accepted that we truly believe that our best concert experience will be in Fort Worth because everything went so perfectly we were so Mm -hmm. close um so we were kind of like yeah these are ideally we'd like to be on floor 
Um, but we weren't expecting it to happen. <laughs> no. And so the ticket buying process this time, each of us actually went through, if you guys remember mm-hmm. last time, neither of us were able to try to buy tickets. It was like all of Bethany's family and a few of your friends mm-hmm. were all, and you even like did in-service with your parents oh, I to in-serviced teach them how to, oh, yeah, absolutely, how to use like Ticketmaster. They were not taking it seriously. And, you were like, <laughs> and my friend Kelsey was not taking it seriously either. Cause she's like, I've gone to so many concerts. I work for a box office. I'll just never forget her texting me and then calling me later once we got the ticket she was like that was such bullshit I've never seen anything like that um yep. and I heard that this this round of getting tickets for the face yourself uh stadium tour was even worse than than mm-hmm. the last one but I think they're both equally kind of it's just so hard to get tickets so yeah. for this time around what we did is I I was at work and I clocked out because uh, it was still, you know, I because priorities, yeah, priorities. I clocked out. It's whatever. Um, and so I had my phone and my computer, and then Corey was home, and so he had my personal laptop, his laptop, and his phone. And then there was you. You had gotten off of work, so yeah. you had your computer and your phone. Mm-hmm. And then we were not expecting Jordan to be there. Uh, no. we were, we were thinking it was just going to be the three of us. And I had texted you like, Hey, is Jordan going to help? And you're like, no, I think I'll still be at work, but he got off. He got off work. No. Yeah. He got off work. Yeah. So he, when he got home from work, um, I was also logged on on his desktop computer, which is like a super fast computer that he built. Mm-hmm. So when he got home, he logged in on his phone and logged in on his computer and he was like set up and in the in the pre-queue. Mm-hmm. If you were in the pre-queue before 4 p.m., by the time 4 p.m. hit, it just randomized everybody's place in line. It didn't matter when you joined the pre-queue. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was cool that it didn't matter if I joined it at, th- you know, 2 in the afternoon yeah. or 3.50. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Um, so we were all in a group chat and um, like you know getting ready to oh, go and before tickets before tickets even went on sale i had a nightmare the night before that we had missed tickets oh, and that <laughs> and that <laughs> they had actually gone on sale like 2 days prior uh this is just my anxiety getting the best of me so the next yeah. day you know ticket day I just wanted to like get signed in, uh, just get ahead of the game a couple hours in advance. And when I signed in, well, I was going to go sign in. And then all of a sudden I see like, what, what seats would you like? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, tickets already went on sale. And I was freaking out because it was like legit. There were like seats for the stadium and they were showing like seats available and they were all like over five hundred dollars or seven hundred and plus and so I was like shit we you know I texted the group chat and <laughs> it was literally like 2 p like 1 p.m my uh, time or 2 p.m yeah. like it's supposed to go on sale at 4 p.m central yeah. time it's 1 p.m central time and you're texting me freaking <laughs> out like they already went on sale Corey immediately Corey with the quick response I know, which immediately is so texted. unlike him but yeah I well, know no, he's, I was he's like, a fast texter but he was really fast to respond really quick to respond and he was like what Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) with so so many question marks yeah and 
finally you were like, no, never mind. I think that's a scam website. Yeah, it was, Thank I God. typed in Ticketmaster and then I went to like masterticket.com or something. <laughs> Do not get tickets from there, guys. It's a scam. No, I, they're all fake. But I gave us all um, like a heart attack prior to the ticketing yeah. process. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so once four o'clock hit there uh we're just waiting for our our chance to be able to buy tickets Mm -hmm. it says like for all of us it said there's two thousand plus people in front of you in the queue and jordan and i were kind of thinking like maybe that's the max that it says is ahead of you and you basically just have like this little man that's walking Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the loading bar to see like where you are in the queue so we actually we're all trying to get tickets. Jordan and I were the ones who actually ended up getting in first. No, Corey got yeah, in Corey first. Yeah, Corey got in first. Corey got in pretty quick. He must have just, they randomize who gets in what line in the queue. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter, like you said, doesn't matter when you really joined it. Um, so Corey mm-hmm. got lucky and so he got through. And he texted it and we were all like, oh my gosh, this is great. He got in within like the first three, four minutes that tickets were on sale. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so he gets in and he's like, there's tickets for section like B2 or something, which is what we want, which is like at the front of the second stage, which is exactly where we were in Fort Worth. And so we're like, fuck, yeah, those are like the best seats. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then Corey was like getting this notification saying that uh, his that it couldn't be processed when he clicked on it, couldn't be processed or tickets were no longer available, etc. And so Corey got so mad. He was like, why would they say that these tickets are available, but they're not? Everyone's just clicking on it at the same time, I guess. And I was in the queue forever. I never, mm-hmm. I never got in. So mad. I'm yeah. so mad about that. Yeah. I never got in. I, I had a feeling <laughs> that that's how it was going to be for really you. Really Like that you were just going to be stuck in the queue and you were just going to get so frustrated about it. I was just the cheerleader. To, like, do it. I was the cheerleader in you the were group the chat. Best cheerleader. I was like, keep yes. trying, guys. <laughs> just keep clicking. So, <laughs> so, um, so Jordan got in second on his desktop computer and I got in uh, like maybe five, 10 minutes after that on my phone, mm-hmm. my computer, I don't think ever got in, mm-hmm. took, it was taking forever. Jordan's phone was taking forever too. Um, so I don't think it matters phone or computer doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just random where you are in the queue. Yeah. Um, but I would say that it's way, way easier to navigate like the ticket map on the computer. It's super annoying to do it on your phone. Mm -hmm. But, um, so Jordan kept trying for tickets and every time he clicked on it, it would say, sorry, these tickets are no longer available. And then it would suggest like another set of three tickets, like at a similar section. And then he would say, yes, I want those. And then they'd be like, sorry, these ones aren't available. So it's almost like they were offering up just any tickets that were available to anyone all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And whoever happened to like click first got them. Um, So super fucking non-functional site. Like just not not fair. Absolute chaos. Because then there's people constantly picking up and dropping tickets and you can only hold tickets in your cart for three minutes. Mm -hmm. So like if you get some and you're not sure if, you know, if you might get a better one or whatever. So people always pick them up, drop them, whatever. Yeah. 
after like it literally 45 minutes. 45, yeah. We had kept trying to pick up tickets. There were so many times where I was so close to getting sound check tickets. Ugh. Like it would have been Goosebumps. incredible. I can't imagine. I know. I I, I just that's a that dream of mine to go to a lucky. sound check. Me too. Maybe next time. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, um, it ultimately Jordan on his desktop was able to get three tickets in section A1 which is like the front the first section on stage right and um in row 6 seats like 16 17 and 18 yeah and so <laughs> i was like messaging in the group chat i was like should we get these like we were so worried like what if we got something else mm-hmm. like came up with something that was in one of the sections that we really wanted but honestly by that time the floor was looking pretty bare mm-hmm. like even people were go- starting to buy things on like the first um tier like the 100s yeah. so we were like buy them you texted me buy buy them <laughs> buy <laughs> so yeah so we bought them yeah. and everything went smoothly they're in my they're in my email <laughs> and they're saved to my apple wallet yeah. and we're going yeah. we can say like we're sitting row six at soldier field like that's fucking crazy I to me. I am so excited. It still has not sunk in that we are actually I going. Even, there are a yeah. good chunk of listeners going, which is super exciting because we didn't. Fort Worth was a little bit sm- was a lot smaller, uh, so we just. I'm just so excited. Uh, one of our friends, Morgan, she just decided today that she's going to go. She's like, I'll be in the nosebleed seats, but I'll be there. Yes. Uh, so it's just very exciting. We are very, very blessed. Um, so lucky. Just know that if you got tickets, congrats. Like, it's really hard to get tickets. If you didn't get tickets, like, there will always be another chance. Uh, just keep trying. Uh, try to research as much as you can. Try to get as many people in your family and your friends to partake in it because that's just, that's what everyone else is doing. And it helps so, If, if so you're much. doing it by yourself on one device, it's going to be so hard yeah. because that that queue randomization is such a big factor into if you can get tickets or not but like yeah we're so incredibly blessed and lucky to like have gotten floor tickets Mm -hmm. and like I mean to even be able to like be in a place in our lives where we can kind of indulge and go and somewhere this, yeah. you know spontaneously I mean, we, we yeah, weren't going this. to uh we weren't going to yeah we were yeah, thinking but, that it's too short notice no way we had accepted mm-hmm. that and then here we are <laughs> and you know what's really cool about these seats is that the the stage right screen is going to be like right in front mm-hmm. of it so even when they're at the second stage and we can't see them that well we can watch the screen and so the, there's never going to be a time where like we have yeah. a bad view yeah. and we get actual seats actual that seats nice. to sit in yeah so we won't be standing for like 12 hours before I'm the concert how even they're starts. going to keep people there Cause like, what if yeah. people want to run up to the stage? I don't know. We'll oh have, God. That'll Chaos. be in a future episode when we discuss, cause we will Review share it. with you guys our concert experience. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. That was a really long <laughs> intro. 22 minutes. Long. My goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're, you know, very excited. We'll try to we'll try to get through this in a reasonable amount of time, guys. Yeah. Okay. So, Let's talk about the next installment of the Save Me webtoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we left off at the end of chapter six, uh, it ended with Yoongi sitting drunk on a motel room bed, flicking his lighter and burning his music, dropping it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Flames. So episode seven begins with a flashback and it's a flashback to Yoongi and he's playing, he's sitting in this room playing piano and it's uh during his school days and into the room walks jungkook and he comes in and lies down on the desks and just kind of like takes in the music he relaxes and um the sun is like beaming through the window he just looks very peaceful Mm. so Next, we see an adult male figure come into the room and he slaps Jungkook, like slaps him for being there. Yeah. And we're really not sure at this time who this is. I don't know if we'll ever really have a specific answer, Mm -hmm. but we can speculate that it's either Jungkook's father or maybe an older brother or like a teacher or like some sort of like authoritative figure at the school. Um, so Yoongi cuts in and he cuts in between Jungkook and the guy and he grabs the guy's shirt. Uh, so we can see like a little bit of a confrontation. And the next thing that we see is an official document that's posted and it reads letter of notification, expulsion, Min Yoongi, June 25th. So for interceding in whatever's going on, Mm -hmm. he gets expelled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we transition to this next scene where it's Yoongi in that motel room and there's a close up of him and the, the music burning in front of him, his music. Mm-hmm. And then it zooms out and we see Yoongi once again sitting on the motel bed with these flames engulfing all around him. Uh, next, we see after that Jen driving in his truck and it's evening time. And so he's starting to to figure out what he needs to do to save Yoongi. So he says, so far, there's been three places set on fire. Yoongi is in one of those places. I need to find him before he starts a fire. So Jin sees a fire coming out of a window in one of the three hotels. And so he decides to go in. He frantically runs up the stairs towards the room that approximately where he saw it from outside. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to the door and it has just like black smoke coming out of it through through the cracks of the door. And there's just this orange hue around it. And so it's just he knows that's the room that's on fire. So then Jen gets to the door. He tries to open it, but it just rattles. So it's locked. So he starts pounding um, just repetitively over and over on the door, yelling out, Yoongi, Yoongi Min, I know you're in there. Open up the door right now. Uh, And there's no answer, no response. So he sees that there's an emergency fire kit on the wall right nearby, and there's a fire axe in it. So he breaks the glass, he takes the axe out, and he beats down the door. Ugh, my goodness, Jen. So 
He gets the door open and he sees Yoongi passed out on the bed from smoke inhalation. And he's yelling out Yoongi's name. And this part just, this gets me. He runs in. He's coughing from the smoke. He has a bead of sweat on his face from all of the heat. And you see him grab a hold of Yoongi's wrist. And then he carries him out of the room on his back. He lifts him and puts him on his back and carries him out. Uh, On his worldwide shoulders. On his worldwide shoulders. So God damn it. Yoongi at this time regains consciousness and he says suck Jin. from there we transition to this next scene where they're at the emergency room and we see Yoongi laying on the table with an oxygen mask on there's bandages on his arms uh we can see a bandage peeking out from underneath his shirt and on his stomach and Jen is waiting in this waiting room uh sitting on a bench by himself saying thank god i wasn't too late uh, and he is just kind of asking if if everything is going to be okay now mm-hmm. so next we transition to later at night and jen is in yungi's hospital room looking out the window so yungi calls his name behind him and he says soak jen you were right and Jin is startled because he really didn't expect Yoongi to be awake. And he turned to see that Yoongi was sitting up in his bed. Um, so Jin asks if he's okay. And he says that he'll go get the doctor because I think this is basically like the first time that Yoongi is awake. So Yoongi just totally disregards both of those statements. And he responds with something unrelated. He says... All around me, it was burning hot. I felt like I was suffocating. I thought it was I thought it was what hell would feel like. So then we get this horrified, absolutely horrified shot of Jin looking at Yoongi. Mm-hmm. And he turns his head as if to make eye contact with him. But Yoongi is just looking straight down. But Jin's eyes are widened and obviously scared for Yoongi and just kind of like so upset at this statement and he just says Yoongi and just you know kind of trails off Mm -hmm. and Yoongi continues and says I thought I was going to die right there and find some peace at last finally I would get to escape this living hell and breathe easier but then someone just has to drag me right back to hell Uh which is like fucking heavy Mm -hmm. like he we next see a close-up of Yungi's narrowed eyes. Um, his eyes also look like very somber at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he just looks right at Jin and says, it was you. So, blaming him. Blaming him. After Jin feels as if he just saved his life. Yeah. So Jin looks back at him and his eyes are wide and shocked. And like you said, yeah, he probably thought that Yoongi would be grateful. Mm -hmm. um, And he may not have known that Yoongi purposefully started the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, Yoongi ultimately says that Jin should have just left him there to die. And when Yoongi says this, he he just looks so exhausted and tired and hopeless. exhausted. Just this life he's living is exhausting. Imagine like what Jen is going through and how it's shocking to us. But it's like 
he's seen all of his friends go through this and we as an audience were we're kind of like, why, you know, how did they all become just so miserable? Like, how did this come to be? And I feel that Jen is going through that because the last time he yeah. really talked to them and knew about them, they were all friends and, uh, as far as he was aware, relatively happy. Yeah. I mean, this makes me think of like the last thing that he kind of thought in this scene was he said, he said, um, I thought I had saved him, but perhaps this wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. which is like, I think Jen is kind of realizing maybe even if he saves them from this, you know, this big April 11th event, like, does that mean that they'll be fine forever? I mean, Yungi still was unhappy, mm-hmm. still was miserable. Yeah. Are the other members still miserable, even though he saved them from that one event? You yeah. know, so it's just it's hard. It's tough. It's really, yeah, yeah. So then we transition to one month later to Taeyang spray painting, and just the sound effects that they have in the in the comic of him spray painting this. Is yeah, I love it. So, um, so it's yeah. May eleventh now, so we're a month ahead in the timeline. And mm-hmm. what is so cute about him in this shot is that he's biting his tongue, like on the side of his outside of his mouth, just the side of his tongue. Uh, it's just just like a true artist. Um, I picture like artists who are painting or chefs who are cooking who have their tongue outside their mouth and biting on it. I thought that was such mm-hmm. a cute touch. Um, but what happens here is as Young is spray painting, we hear the police and the cops come up and they startle him. They catch him right in the middle of the act of vandalism. And he is like, oh shit. Like his eyes just look like, oh shit. Uh, so he books it. He runs away on foot, but we get this really kind of smug shot of him looking back towards the police and he's mm-hmm. got this this smirk or kind of grin on. It's just like he loves the rush of this. He's enjoying it even though he's scared. He loves it. Yeah. 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 Um, so <laughs> he, his eyes look kind of crazy, but his mouth is smiling. Uh, yeah. He then runs to Namjoon's home, which is, I believe, a trailer of some sort. And he just runs inside, slams the door quickly behind him, and he's just huffing and puffing. So as he's panting, Namjoon is just sitting on the couch and looks up and he says, what did you get caught vandalizing this time? And Taeyong looks up at Namjoon with just such a cute face. He's such a cutie. He's got so much youth in this drawing too. Uh, his eyes are so large and his mouth is closed and curved downward a little bit. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just very much Young. It looks so, so much Taeyong. like him. The mannerisms and gestures that he does. So Namjoon, he's not sitting on the couch. He's sitting on his bed. And he's smiling up at Taeyong like fondly. He doesn't look mad. Uh, it's it's like he is just expecting this of Taeyong and just has this fond expression on his face. Mm-hmm. So outside you can hear the police. They run by. They're asking where he went. But they end up moving on. They said, let's check over here. So Taeyong got away. And 
and the police lost him. And Taeyang stays. It's it says that he's there at like one a one a.m. is when this all took place. And Namjoon gives him some water. So once Taeyang drinks the water, um, he kind of explains why he does these these drawings or the graffiti, uh, and that there's really no point except that he just wants to wants to do it. So Taeyang mm. then looks at Namjoon with happy eyes and a big smile and he's totally working Namjoon and he asks hey can I stay here just for tonight and Namjoon is like yes you can stay of course course. yeah (laughs) so that is the end of episode seven now we go into episode eight and this is kind of when Taeyang falls asleep at Namjoon's place so mm-hmm. it starts off as if us as the audience are being tossed into water, but it's Young in his dream. He splashes in to this water, and as you scroll down, you go deeper and deeper into the water. So mm-hmm. this is Young's nightmare, and as he's underwater, he becomes aware that he's underwater, mm-hmm. and he sees Jimin beneath him sinking deeper below, and Jimin is reaching up towards Young. And mm-hmm. as you keep scrolling down, we see that someone is holding on to Jimin's ankle and that someone is pulling him down and he's reaching out to Young for help or for anyone to help him. But then we get a close up of who is pulling down Jimin and it's Jimin himself. Fuck. I know. And this is the worst. When we came across this, we were like, no, Jimin is pulling himself down deeper. <sighs> so it's so awful. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it's obviously such a great, like, metaphoric image. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the concept of that and like what we know about Jimin's story so far, that's it's just heavy and it's it's like really sad to see it conceptualized in a dream like this Mm -hmm. like a drowning kind of like pulling him down it's just awful yeah so right when Young sees this he becomes frantic he jolts awake from the nightmare he's drenched in sweat he looks around with the saddest little face he's got this little downward frown And he just, I cannot express how youthful he looks in these drawings. Um, But he just has so much concern for his friend. So he's still at Namjoon's. And what I love about this too is when he jolts awake from this terrible nightmare, Namjoon is awake and he is sitting at his desk with his, you know, lamp on, his desk lamp on, Mm -hmm. working on something late into the night. And he turns around to the sound of Young calling his name. And Tae asks, where do you think Jimin is? That's the first thing he says when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. So then we transitions to Jimin. And he's sitting in hospital clothes on a hospital bed. And his he's just kind of like looking toward the ground, sitting on the edge of the bed. Just looking so, so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks up. And sees that there's a little kid standing there. And this little kid looks up at Jimin and says, why are you here? You don't look sick at all. 
So Jimin kind of smiles. It's a slightly forced smile, but you know, it's kind of like the one that you would give to a kid if you're, you know, you don't have to bring the kid down with your sad shit going on, you know? So he says, you got me there, kid. What about you? Why are you here? And the kid responds, I don't know either. That makes us friends. So the kid holds out his hand to shake Jimin's hand and Jimin does a small but now genuine smile and he goes to shake hands and right as he does this, the kid passes out and Jimin instantly becomes frantic and yells for help and then out of nowhere, Hobie shows up. Hobie! (laughs) We see him peeking his head around the corner and he says, it's all right. And he pulls back the curtain room dividers and just to fully reveal his smiling self. Mm. So let's just talk about the drawing of him. Um, His eyes are closed and they're just you know, you can just see the curve of him when you, you know, this look Mm -hmm. when he smiles really big in real life, it is exactly that just in drawing form, this big, soft, warm smile. Um, but he has this bandage on his forehead, uh, that's kind of just peeking through his red hair that's parted Mm -hmm. in the middle. His orangey boy meets evil. Orangey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, boy, yeah, totally orangey boy meets evil kind of. Um, so Jimin is clearly surprised to see him and he exclaims, Hosok? So Hobie comes over and picks up the kid and says, there we go. He just fell asleep. That's all. He's like me. So it's such a shift in this comic Mm -hmm. because his pleasant, amazing personality is just shining through and he just entered but it's like wow just light and happiness we're in a hospital this kid just passed out on jimin they both don't know why they're there and hobie's like hello like he's just like me let me come in with my cute adorable smile and yeah he's just so pleasant (laughs) so pleasant So he sits down on the bed with Jimin and with the boy who he's still holding. And he asks about where his parents are and why they would leave him alone. And he said that his parents remind him of his mom, which we know that his mom left him and abandoned him as a child at like a a Mm -hmm. merry-go-round. So he says that at least he was lucky and collapsed on a human cushion meaning that at least you know he didn't just fall because he points to the bandage on his forehead and says see this i got this from collapsing while i was walking by myself and he so he's kind of acting playful or theatrical when he points to his wound Mm -hmm. like just in he's very joking about it Mm -hmm. um lighthearted about you know like this accident that he had that put him in the hospital so next we find out that it's been two years since they have seen each other and we get a few flashbacks of what i'm presuming or i think what we're kind of like thinking is one of the last time or like the last time that they had seen each other um, we get a flashback of them sitting next to each other at a bus stop and they're dressed in school clothes 
But next we see a close-up of Hobie like clenching, holding on to Jimin, like holding on to his arms to try to keep him stable or upright. Mm -hmm. And his face is just frantic. And although Jimin's drawing has no eyes, we can see that his body is like contracting backwards, um, like very strained and maybe maybe like something medical is happening but we can't really tell yeah, when i saw this drawing it's confusing you don't really know exactly what's going on you just know that hobie is sitting next to jimin and then all of a sudden hobie reacts in a way that that looks like it's an emergency and jimin the fact that he doesn't have eyes drawn on him makes me feel that it's not some sort of like emotional thing uh that is making yeah. hobie worried it's more of what you know, like a medical thing or like something physically is happening to Jimin, which is interesting, but maybe not. We don't know because later on we kind of start to speculate really what's going on with Jimin's story. Yeah, but not much clarity at this point. Mm -hmm. So from here, we transition to the hospital with Jimin lying down in a hospital bed in his school clothes still and and we see a shot of Hobie looking in on Jimin past the divider uh so he must have taken Jimin from here to the hospital Mm -hmm. um but then we go back to real time and Jimin says to Hobie so this is right when the kid had had like fainted on Jimin uh Jimin says to Hobie I'm not really sure how long I've been here or how much longer I have to stay And so that just gives us a glimpse that Jimin's been there for a long time and there's just no understanding on his level when his, when he'd ever be leaving, which is heartbreaking. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. What a, that has to be like just an awful feeling, like a hopeless Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. Losing track of time and not knowing when you'll get your life back. I know. Yeah. So... The next scene, we see Jemin in his hospital gown, his hospital clothes, standing in front of a bathroom sink, and that sink is filling up with water. So very much, we've seen this over and over, a lot lot in fake love. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the bathroom sink is just filling with water. He's looking at his own reflection in this pool of water, and then he ducks his head beneath beneath it. From mm-hmm. there, we get this very abstract uh, drawing going on. But there's a lot, a lot happening, and it's telling us, you know, hints of things throughout. So we see right, him, some backstory. Mm-hmm, we see him fully submerged underwater, and he's sinking lower and lower and lower. And then finally, he opens his eyes. And from there, we see this street sign. Uh, It's almost like something he's looking back on or he's reflecting on. So we see a sign that says grass flower arboretum, uh, which is basically a garden. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And we see a child Jimin, just a child, him from his from his childhood, running Mm -hmm. down a hallway with a splotch of blood on on the floor or kind of on the wall a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And Jimin, as a child, he looks back towards us and we, and we see just full on his, just his whole face. And he looks so fearful, so scared, eyes full of tears. 
Um, and then what is just so heartbreaking about this whole thing is they transition from there to Jimin as an adult, but it's that exact same face that he's making, that fearful, eyes full of tears expression. And he is then sinking underwater in his hospital clothes. And he's trying to swim back up. You can see he's desperate now to get back up to the surface. But then we see a hand um, grasping his ankle, pulling him down. Mm -hmm. And the next shot shows a silhouette of himself pulling him deeper down beneath the water. And so then there's this shot and it's just got this red filter over it. And his face looks like he's just given up that he's accepted his fate at this point, um, hopeless. Not that he's so much okay with it, but more like there's nothing mm-hmm. I can do. Yeah. Yeah, and and so suddenly we see Jimin pull himself out of the water. It's overflowing from the sink. He's huffing and puffing, trying to catch his breath uh, and right in front of the bathroom mirror, looking at himself, and then he just collapses. His body just becomes so weak. And he's just clinching on, trying to hold himself up uh, onto the sink. And this this is, like, just so heartbreaking. And it was so hard for us to do research and mm-hmm. to, to really put this drawing into words. Yeah, when we got to this part, I didn't even want to read it. I was, like, really putting off, like, trying to talk about it. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you realize what he's kind of like going through what he's what he's struggling with what he's trying to do um it all becomes very emotional Mm -hmm. and um it's not I mean it's not graphic but it's still difficult to watch and to process Mm -hmm. um so so yeah he we kind of just leave him kind of trying to hold himself up Mm -hmm. over the bathroom sink. And then we completely transition to Young and Namjoon who are walking along the tracks in a rail yard. And Young says that he's having strange dreams about Yoongi burning in a building and Jimin drowning in water. He says maybe it's because he misses his friends and he's anticipating a certain kind of response from Namjoon. And maybe he thinks that he's being a little clever, but like he knows how to work Namjoon. Mm -hmm. So Namjoon kind of disregards it and suggests going to see Hobie and Taeyong perks up and gleefully accepts and walks ahead of Namjoon to lead the way. Yeah, I think that Taeyong cleverly worked his way into getting Namjoon to suggest this. Like he knew that he said, maybe it's because I miss them that Namjoon would suggest it and that Taeyong wouldn't have to be the one to say it. Almost as if it was Namjoon's idea that he would be more open to going and visiting Hobie. Anyways, I just think it's so cute. (laughs) It is so cute. Their relationship is adorable. I want to talk about that um, Taeyong is having strange dreams Mm -hmm. about Yoongi burning and Jimin drowning. And what has kind of been speculated or kind of pointed out, and I think what we're seeing is it seems like Taeyong gets... Um, he like remembers the loops like he remembers what happens in the different loops on April 11th 
via dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. That's just what it seems like. Definitely. Um, Young has a special part in this, in this series, in mm-hmm. this webtoon, because as far as we're aware, the other people in this, they're mostly telling their stories. We know that Jen is reliving the same day and that he's ultimately the one going in and trying to change the fate of, of his friends. But Taeyang is definitely seeing glimpses of his friends' lives through his dreams. Yeah. So Namjoon, as they're walking in this rail yard, Taeyang kind of walks ahead of him, excited to go see Hobie. And as Taeyang walks in front of him, Namjoon sees a bunch of bruises on Taeyang's neck. And Jun we get a shot of him and he just looks very unhappy. Mm-hmm. So remember that like reality has not cracked away yet. Mm-hmm. So since Yungi was saved, the kind of time has continued like normal. So we saw when May 11th happened, when they, when, you know, Young was spray painting. So this is at least after that. And Young has bruises on his neck. So it's kind of the same idea with Yoongi, where even though Jin saved his life, like, did he really make him happier? Like, Yoongi was still miserable. Yeah. So Young, even though he didn't kill his dad, he's still being abused. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Yeah. So um, next we see that they go to the burger restaurant where they know that Hobie works. And there they find out that he's actually in the hospital. So they go to the hospital and Taeyang at the hospital starts asking questions, kind of being like a kid about it. But he's just asking a ton of questions like, how did he end up in the hospital by falling over? Maybe he was faking it just to get out of work. And Namjoon basically just like tells him to shut up and then they go find out what room Hobie is in. So next we see Hobie strolling down the hospital hallway and he overhears three hospital employees talking about Jimin. So one of them asks uh, how long he's been there and wonders how much longer he will be there. And the other one replies that he's been there for years and that his parents must be so worried about them. But then the doctor chimes in and says that it's actually his parents who made him be hospitalized and that he had an accident as a kid. So Bethany, you had pointed out that maybe this is like the the shot that we got at the, mm-hmm. the Arboretum. Maybe that was like some traumatic childhood event maybe he has like some ptsd yeah i instantly i instantly thought that he maybe uh has ptsd and that's his reason for for being hospitalized but we don't really know you know any facts about this this was just me kind of speculating because whenever i hear like he had an accident as a child and that is a big component to why he's being hospitalized and to why his parents might be so weary about maybe him coming back to the outside world uh, because PTSD is it's long lasting. I mean, it's with you forever. Yeah. So and at yeah. that, you know, at that bus stop or wherever he was sitting with Hobie, he could have been having like a traumatic episode. He could, yeah. And like, you know, that could have very much have been like a physical response to it. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, parents made the decision to hospitalize him after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Then we see that the doctors disappear into a stairwell. And as we scroll down, the stairwell continues. And this continuation kind of acts like um, a transition mm-hmm. into Jin. Yeah. So we see that Jin is now sitting at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the end that's of the end chapter of eight. eight. Yeah, yeah. And this is really when things start to get wonky and confusing. The timeline starts to become a big question mark when things are taking place. So we're going to try our best to uh, keep it as as understandable as we can. Like we're trying to understand it ourselves and try, yeah. we'll just try to relay it as best we can. So chapter nine it begins with Jen sitting there and his thoughts and he's thinking about his conversation with Yoongi and Yoongi telling him that he should have just left him there to die. And so now we really get to see the rest of this conversation. Right. So this is like a flashback, yeah. right? To yeah. like a month, like over a month ago. Cause mm-hmm. at, I feel like at this point we're still in that continuation, like into May. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Definitely. That's that's what I'm gathering. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of the remainder of that conversation. So back in time. So Jin replies to Yoongi saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to intrude. And so when he says this, I think we, Kayla, you really thought like, oh, since yeah. when is saving someone's life considered intruding? Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, I I understand, like, obviously Yoongi was in a really bad place and we hear you know stories about when somebody might save someone's life but they didn't want like they were in such a bad place they didn't want to be saved Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like what happened with Yoongi and so he was so mad that he was saved but it's like okay but ultimately you know give yourself a while recover and are you really still going to feel like they're yeah. intruding because they saved your life? Yeah. Probably not. No. This is so off topic, but it reminds me of The Incredibles. <laughs> when Mr. Incredible <laughs> says that one guy from falling off, like from jumping off the building. Yes. And then he sues Mr. Incredible and was like, I didn't want to be saved. I didn't ask to be saved. I'm sorry. That's just what I thought yeah, of. No, um, I mean, completely Just with you talking point. about that. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... So when Jin replies saying, I didn't mean to intrude, Yoongi rolls over onto his side, facing away from Jin. And he just has these very sad eyes staring at the wall. And Jin realizes he's not going to get a response and continues, can I ask you one thing? If you could turn back time and go back to the first moment we met, would you change what happened after that? Which is such a big question. Like, would you... not have a friendship with me. Yeah, would you change everything? Yeah. Do you think your fate would be any different? And yeah. so Yoongi replies, why bother? It's too late now anyways. Stop worrying about me. Just leave. You're starting to annoy me. Why do I feel like Yoongi said something similar to Jungkook? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean... Also, like, this drawing is almost a mirror image of the drawing that we saw in a previous episode where Jungkook is standing next to Yoongi, who was lying on a bed in a motel room. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the last day that Jungkook saw Yoongi. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just seems like that's his thing. And like, Yoongi was pushing Jungkook away and yeah. saying something very similar, like, you're annoying me, get out. Yeah. Uh, 
So when Yoongi responds with this, Jen just stands there. And you can tell that he's feeling very awful for saving Yoongi against his will, even though he didn't know it. He uh, just feels like there's nothing else he can do for him, uh, that maybe he can't save Yoongi at this point. Um, So then we're flashback present to him sitting at the bottom of the stairwell. And he's wondering... No matter how many times I save him, will he ever be happy? What am I even doing here? So he continues with that train of thought. What's the end game if I save Yoongi or Jungkook or Namjoon? I've thought about it so many times. What can I even do for them? Maybe there's nothing I can do. And while he's wondering this, he sees flashbacks of the car crash that they got in. And he just like, I think he's just worried about making it worse Mm -hmm. um, because there was one time where he obviously he messed it up so badly that they all died because of him while he was driving. He's really doubting his capabilities and his purpose of going back in time. Yeah. So he seems pretty down at this moment and he's pondering possible solutions and outcomes. However, Kim Sook Jin is nothing if not determined. Mm-hmm. So in the same moment, he thinks, but I can't let anything happen to them. I just can't leave them alone. Yeah. So even though he's not quite sure how to fix everything, how to make them not miserable, he stands up renewed in his mission and he starts running up the stairs and he runs straight to the nurse's station and he asks for the room that Yoongi is in. And the nurse replies, Yoongi Min, he was discharged last month. So yeah. <laughs> this is when we got like really confused. Like, I think we kind of figured it out. <laughs> it's I May. think we kind of figured it out it's now. May when this it's is May. taking place. Yeah. April is when Yoongi set fire to his motel room. Yeah. April 11th. Because we were like, mm-hmm. what? He was discharged last month. What the fuck? What? But Jin was just at the bottom of the stairs, like, yeah. after talking to him. But I think we've we figured it out. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So after that, we transition to a completely new setting. And Yoongi is now sitting in a chair... Uh, smiling, he's happy, and we see Jungkook, Taeyang, and Namjoon standing around him. Jungkook is super smiley, looks so happy, and it is just this golden later afternoon sunshine that is pouring through the windows of this waiting room that they're in. Um, waiting room, maybe cafeteria, I don't know, they're like somewhere, but next we see this very sad Jimin sitting on his bed, um, being evaluated by a doctor mm-hmm. and Hosok is standing nearby and right then he receives a phone call when he answers it he says hello yes Namjoon you're here now as a, and so he's talking and he walks towards the corner of the room and he's trying not to disturb disturb Jimin and the doctor mm-hmm. and Jimin peers at him looking interested in what's happening with this conversation and Hosok turns to Jimin and he says, Jimin, Namjoon brought the others here. He says he's here at the hospital. You want to go see them with me? Like go see their friends. Mm-hmm. And right. Jimin looks very, very tired and replies with no. 
and Hosok tries in vain to get Jimin to come along, but he refuses and asks Hosok not to tell them that he's here. It's almost like he's ashamed or afraid to confront his yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Which is like so hard. Like, I mean, all this time has passed. Clearly, Jin kind of interceding in their lives has brought them back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hang out and they see each other at least to some extent. Mm-hmm. But they still don't know where Jimin is. And Jimin is kind of looking to keep that um, a secret. Mm-hmm. So... Hosok goes down to the meeting area. So think Euphoria, where they all Mm -hmm. meet at this kind of like big table. Yeah. I also just have to throw in there that stairway. We also really think Spring Day with Jen at the bottom of the staircase, them running through it. Very similar imagery. Totally. Um, So anyways, yeah. Think Euphoria is totally the same place. Mm -hmm. So... Hobie sits down and he says, it's been a while. How have you been? And I just love that they say, it's "It's been been a while. while. It's been a while. (laughs) Thanks, Jungkook. What the Um, fuck? Such a funny clip. So Namjoon replies, same old, same old. What about you? And Hosok says, same for me too, with his big beaming sunshine smile. Mm. So then Young chimes in to ask, by the way, do you keep in touch with Jimin? And Hosok slowly responds with, uh, why do you ask? And Tay says, I don't know. He's just been on my mind lately. So Hosok nervously smiles and looks away. After hanging out for a while, Namjoon stands up and says it's time for him to go. Presumably he has to go to work. All of the others say, see you. And Hobie says, thanks for stopping by. As Namjoon is walking down the hospital corridor, out of the corner of his eye, he sees Jin. Um, So he stops and he says, so Jin, what brings you here? Did you come to see Hosok? And Jin says, Hosok? He's in this hospital? Why? So I guess, you know, Jin still had not come in contact with Hobie nor Jimin since being back in you know, Korea. Yeah. And maybe Jin has not become aware yet that he is fast forward in time because he's when the when he went to ask at the front desk, he said, you know, tell me the room number of Min Yoongi or Yoongi Min. And they said, oh, he was discharged a month ago. Jin looked so shocked. Oh, shit. Yeah. You think that like the stairwell was like fast, fast forwarding, forwarding Jen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, damn. We're discovering <sighs> this right now. Anyways, Shit. that's a good possibility. Because I kept saying through through the research, I was like, is he tri- time traveling through this staircase? Because mm-hmm. the staircase seems like such an important part of this series. So anyways, um, when they come across, when they cross paths in the hallway, um, I think they both are kind of surprised to see each other, Namjoon and Sokjin. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because this month has lasted. And so then we transition to the next day. And Hobie is sitting in the stairwell, thinking about the conversation between the hospital staff that he had overheard about Jimin, saying they didn't know when he would go home and that he's been here for a while and his parents must be worried, but they keep him here, etc. Mm-hmm. So he looks very worried. And so he's kind of lost in his thoughts 
as he's lost in his thoughts, he hears one of the doors in this flight of stairs open, either below or above. I think it's below him. Mm-hmm. And he snaps out of this haze that he's in. He's just was so lost in his thoughts. He comes out mm-hmm. of it. And he looks down and he sees this little kid who previously had talked to Jimin. And so he's being led by a woman in a hat and a jacket. And he's being taken down the stairs. And Hosok kind of says, huh? And he looks like he's wondering. He's curious. There's, you know, some familiar feature about this woman. And Hosok quickly stands up and starts running down the stairs in his hospital sandals. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see stomp, stomp, stomp. He yells out, mom, as if that is... But Hobie is mistaking this woman for his own mother, who mm-hmm. who knows how long it's been since he's seen his mother. Right. And the woman turns to look around at the sound, and we see a slight side profile shot of this woman. And Hosok reaches out for her, and at the same time, his right shoe slips, and his right ankle begins to twist, and he starts to fall. And he falls down an entire flight of stairs. This part, I mean, it's, again, very heavy. The fact that he's mistaking, it might be his mom, I doubt it, but, like, he's, it's almost like a a fantasy or a dreamlike state that he becomes in that he is almost like, could that be my mom or wants it to be his mom? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know of his story a little bit more with Hobie because and we of know that he love was yourself, highlight as, reels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As a little kid when he was left. So mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of like he was kind of in this haze, a little bit of a confusion mm-hmm. and just kind of had that like triggered memory of yeah. his mom and then kind of, you know, putting himself in the shoes of that little boy. Yeah. So then we transition back to Sokjin and he's lost in thoughts about Hobie being at the hospital, which he just discovered in his conversation with Namjoon. And he's thinking that he should probably go get him something before he sees him so he doesn't show up empty handed. As he's kind of lost in his thoughts, he ends up bumping shoulders with somebody that he's walking by, and the person says sorry and continues to walk by. But Jin, probably recognizing the voice, turns around and realizes that it was Jimin. Mm. So he says, Jimin, and he kind of reaches his hand out, and Jimin turns to realize who he bumped into and says, Sok Jin? So... Right then, frantic voices come up from behind them and they're yelling, make way, please. A patient's been injured. He fell down the stairs. So Jin and Jimin both turn to see a gurney with doctors around it, Mm. rapidly pushing it down the hall. And on the gurney, they see Hosok, who is screaming in pain. And Jin is just horrified. And he yells out, Hosok! And he reaches towards him as the gurney zooms by. He just looks absolutely horrified and distressed. Hosok's ankle is clearly broken. And Jin, as he's looking at it, he sees that the ankle is starting to crack away and the rest of Hosok's body is starting to crack away. And then Jin's outstretched arm is starting to crack away, finally traveling up to his face. And his reality fully cracks away. 
And that's the end of Sok Jin's day and the end of this chapter. And I just want to say that after talking through this, especially this part right here and that Mm -hmm. short little conversation with Namjoon, I totally think that that stairwell that he like traveled forward a month month. in time. Absolutely. Because even though he um, saved the other members on on April 11th Mm -hmm. um the time for saving Hobie his opportunity didn't come until this moment and when this Mm -hmm. moment happened and he didn't save him he didn't keep him from falling down the stairs reality cracked away and I'm I'm sure that in the next episode we're gonna see a a complete reset back to April 11th yeah but now Jen is understanding a little bit more about what what is to come. So he has now saved Nam June's fate, uh, Yoongi, and Jungkook, and now we are moving on to to Hobie. Yeah. So, all right, that was our third installment of the Save Me series. Um, the next episode in this series will be in three weeks where we will cover, uh, episodes 10, 11, and 12, and then we'll have a final one three weeks after that covering the last three chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully we're going to start getting towards some kind of resolution. I already feel like we're getting some answers or some clarity at this point. It's still very interesting to just keep learning more and more about, what's actually happening in this storyline all of these yeah. theories coming to surface um it's the best yeah hopefully none of this conflicts with what is going to happen in the future with the album being released and <laughs> concerts but yeah i am still so invested and so excited for the save me webtoon i absolutely yeah. love it me too. I love it too. I cannot get enough of it. And my my I got an email. The notes that I ordered are shipping. So hopefully I'll have those soon and I can use those to fill in some gaps as well. Yeah. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this episode or if you have enjoyed any of our previous episodes, there are a few things that you can do to let us know. You can write a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That is huge. Um, it helps people find us and really builds the prospect of us getting sponsors. The more listeners we have, mm-hmm. the more likely we could get a sponsor, the more likely we can like pay people to help us um, mm-hmm. like edit. But you guys just being here and listening is huge. Thank you guys so, so much for all of the kind reviews that we've gotten so far and the emails that you oh, send us every week. We've gotten incredible emails this past week. Like Amazing three emails. really great ones. Like you guys are absolutely the best. So we love hearing from you guys. You can let us know what you think about this episode or really just talk to us about anything at this point um, via email or our social media. And you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 